Well, hello and welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. It's our final episode of the season. My name is Doug Ressler and joining me as always is Robbie Sherry. And we're here to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life by learning to live like Jesus. So Robbie, as we finish up this year, kind of making our way through the Sermon on the Mount, we uh, started last time talking about the the whole idea of the law and the purpose of the law and the kinds of the law that the, the Jewish people would have understood and just sort of naturally understood. And so when they're listening to Jesus talk about, hey, I didn't come to abolish the law, I actually came to fulfill it. That would have had all kinds of layers of implications for them that are really kind of tough for us to grasp uh, in our 21st century world, which is, I think, one of the reasons why, like, when you think of the Sermon on the Mount, you might hear about the Beatitudes, you might hear about some of the other things that Jesus says, but no one ever cites, like, this section of, right. the, of, of the Sermon yeah. on the Mount about... Not a lot of sermons you know, on Right, this. not a lot of sermons on how Jesus came to fulfill the law. But we finished last time talking about how, the, just like there were three kinds of law, there was the ceremonial law governing worship, and the civil law governing the national life of Israel, and then the moral law that's still in effect today, there were actually three purposes to the law as well. The first purpose was to really drive us to Christ. It was to kind of tutor us, to help us understand our helplessness and our desperate need for a Savior. Number two is to restrain the evil of our hearts, um, act as a deterrent on some level to, the, to the, the sinful impulses that we all have within us. And then number three, it was to train us in righteousness, actually teach us to, so that we can understand what life in the kingdom is really all about and what it will one day look like. And so Jesus goes on and he makes this interest. So with that in mind, Jesus goes on and makes this interesting statement. He says, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of the commandments yeah. and teaches others to do the same, they're going to be the least in the kingdom of heaven, which I think is interesting that they're still in the kingdom of heaven on some uh-huh. level, right? Whereas those who do teach the law and teaches them to follow the law, they're going to be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Again, that doesn't sound like a guy who's come to get rid of the law. Sounds yeah. like a guy who's taking the law very, very seriously. And so, yeah, so reflect on that a little bit. I mean, what, what, what do you think he means there by those who would relax it and teach others to do the same versus those who would keep it and teach others to observe it as well? And what, what does that even mean in a sort of post-resurrection <laughs> right, context? So after the law has been fulfilled, like what does it mean for us to teach others to, to, to follow this, this law of Christ now? Right. Well, uh, Again, trying to remember the the first century audience mm-hmm. who in Deuteronomy what is it, six, where they're told to train up their right. children yeah. in the way right. that they should mm-hmm. go, so right. that they will not depart from right. it when as they, they get, get older, and when they go to sleep, and right. when you sit down at meals, and like all the way along yeah. throughout life, right? Yeah, train, totally. train, train. So right. in this in this culture, there's this idea that you will talk to your children, if not other mm-hmm. people, ab- right. about this. So when he says, "Yeah, if you relax those." Mm-hmm. I, I'm like you. I, he doesn't say, oh, you're hosed. Right, exactly. He, he you're goes, out. I'm kicking you out. You know, right. in the kingdom of heaven. Right. Meaning like, don't take that which is good mm-hmm. and sort right. of qualify it by saying, you know, it's, it's really not that important. You right. know, I think of growing up with siblings and stuff like that. When you were the younger, I'm number three out of uh-huh. four. And, you know, you just kind of believe your older brother, your older sister kind of thing. And if they said, look... Like, I know mom and dad said right, this, right. but I think it's okay if right. we, right. I remember we, when my parents, they would go for a walk and the kids got to do dishes. So that was kind of my parents' time. They would go for a walk and reflect on the day and we would do dishes. And I always thought it was really cool when my sister would pull out her radio and we got to listen to like cool music, right? you know, that wasn't. You know, like mom and dad, we, we had the Beach Boys and we had the Beatles, but when the radio came right. on and there was the sense of like, are we allowed to do this? Right. Are we allowed to? Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. 
It's okay. And I think the implication here from Jesus is now, now I'm, I'm giving you a greater understanding of the law. Yeah, right. But that doesn't mean there's like this, there's right. this quick, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean I think of, you know, was it finding Nemo when, right. when the Marlin is giving rules to Dory and he goes, right. okay, there's rules. Like you, you can only bounce on the top of the jellyfish. Right. 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 Like goes, Cause she's kind of all over the place. She just wants to win. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. rules, rules, rules. You, you can only bounce on the top of the jellyfish. Right. You can't go underneath because he's trying to protect her from right. getting stung. I think Jesus here is saying the law has its purpose. Yeah, that's right. Don't just suddenly ignore it. Right. And if you teach others to do the same, you're going to perpetuate this lifestyle where ultimately then the law is going to totally disappear. And right. that's not good either. No, that's right. That'll lead you to a place of death and destruction and all those different things. It kind of yeah. reminds me, I'm just listening to you talk, it kind of reminds me of like, I mean, isn't this really kind of on some level what Satan did in the garden is he relaxed hmm. the law of God, right? There was one law. You have, you know, yeah, one thing that you've got to do here, Adam, right? You've got <laughs> yeah. like one job did in this God world. Really Don't eat the fruit of this particular, every other tree yeah. literally that's ever been created like in this, you can eat until your heart's content, but don't, don't eat of this tree. Yeah. And Satan comes along and relaxes it. Hmm. By saying, did he did he really say like you're gonna eat you know? Yeah. And, and so in that sense, like that's that's I hear echoes of that yeah. when I read this passage. I also think it's interesting that later on Jesus will say to his disciples, "Hey, like whoever causes the little ones to sin, yeah, it'd be better for like a millstone to be tied around your neck and you'd be thrown into the sea." When James talks about right, not many of you should presume to be teachers. Correct for the same. So thing. I mean, so it's really. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some. There, I've got this that is, tattoo. <laughs> that's a long tattoo. Yeah. Not many. I'm not going to ask where it is. I'm not going to ask where it is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you just have it like across your chest. That's right. Do you just yeah. like open up just your shirt reminder, one day? Yeah. Just be like, Here you go. Not many of us not should presume us to be for, teachers. Yes. Because yeah. it goes bad if you lead others astray. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's the point, right? Is that, and I mean, I was over in Israel last summer, as we've said, and I mean, we're walking along the city that was on the sea, Caesarea Maritima, right? Right, right. Which is, which is like right on the, right on the sea. Yeah. And they've, you know, uncovered all kinds of, they've done all the archaeological digging. It's just unbelievable, yeah. right, what they have discovered there. Well, one of the things that they've discovered was an ancient millstone. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what I pictured, Prior to me going to Israel, like when it came to like a millstone, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's the giant. It circular is a rock, giant, right? massive, multi-ton rock. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus says, "Yeah, like if you cause like one of these little ones to sin, if you relax one of these commandments, I mean, you might as well like have this thing tied around your neck and yeah, that would be better for you. It'd be better, yeah, better, right? Yeah, that actually be better than what what will happen. Yeah, right." Um, now here he's not quite as harsh because again these folks they, they they'll still make it into the kingdom of heaven they'll just be the least uh-huh. in the kingdom of heaven you know the goal obviously is not just to get in you mm-hmm. know despite what American sort of evangelicalism is these days right where right. it's just like the bar is at like conversion it's so low yeah right like just get your fire insurance and you're good right, right. just get your get out of hell free card and then you can go live life the way that you want it like I mean on some level so many people that's what they think when they think salvation and of course that's not what Jesus is talking about he wants so much more for for us he wants us to aspire to greatness in the kingdom of heaven and the way that we achieve that greatness is we do them, do the law, and we teach the law to others. Yeah. 
right? And so he'll reinforce this even in the Great Commission, right? When he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what? Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Yeah. Right? So there's this sense in which you cannot separate Jesus as Savior from Jesus as Lord. Right. Like, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. It's an all-or-nothing deal that Jesus is offering here. And what he is offering is a way of life that is shaped still very much fundamentally by the moral law of God. Now, we don't, we don't do it in order to achieve salvation. Salvation is a gift that is given to us. But as a result of that gift being given to us out of gratitude for what Jesus has done for us, we live according to his law. We live according uh, to his word, and we teach others to do the same. Now, why is that, te- again, kind of going back, this kind of harkens back to salt of the earth, light of the world kind yeah. of thing, right? What is it about teaching others the law of God? What kind of an impact, what kind of a ripple effect does that have then on the earth when we're talking about doing this? Yeah. Or in the church when we're talking about doing this, right? Sure. What kind of an impact does that have? I it mean, keeps... what is it, you know, I mean, that's, this is like literally what you are engaged in professionally, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. You are, are, <laughs> Are, are engaged in, as a teacher of high school students, you are engaged in, in teaching them to obey on some level the law of God. Yep. Yes, you're teaching them English, and yes, you guys are teaching them math and science and all these other things, right? But, but fundamentally, you're teaching them to follow Christ. Right. So, and it all falls apart if, if you have to say, do as I say, not as I do. Right, right. Your whole right, ethos, your whole credibility is is just exactly. gone. And I think right. that's the sense I get from this when he says you mm-hmm. relax the law. Yeah, it's almost like it, it's almost like if you if you see salvation as mm-hmm. as stepping over a line or passing through a doorway mm-hmm. and then constantly looking back over your shoulder or something mm-hmm. like that, or the idea of parenting a child and saying, you know, you guys need to take your dishes mm-hmm. over right. from the table to the sink and do your dishes while you're sitting there on the couch right. and your dish is sitting at the table. Right. The idea of teaching others. First of all, I think, I think we teach actively and we teach passively. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. People don't realize they're teaching just by their behavior. Right, right. And that sometimes is a more powerful teacher than yeah. active teaching, depending yeah. on what people are saying. But then there's there's definitely a call to action here that you are, like you said, the salt and the light, mm-hmm. supposed to be passing these these on. I mean, how many of us, well, how many, um, for the listeners out there, some people grew up in these Christocentric homes where yes. they don't remember not going to church, not right. learning about right. God, learning right. about Zacchaeus being the wee little man who mm-hmm. climbed the tree. And their their day of salvation was just sort of the seemingly like the right natural step. Correct, yeah. And then there's the people for whom it was not modeled at all. Right. And they make this cognitive decision based on the teachings right. of others. Right. And so for the people who've grown up in it, mm-hmm. it just seems like this thing that just happens. They think they're right. going to get married, they're going to have kids, and their kids are going to be Christians, and then that's right. just going to go on. And for the people whose conversion comes because of a of a moment of clarity, of realization of the truth of the gospel, Mm -hmm. those people seem to have a more intentional Hmm. desire to actively teach this to others. At least that's been my experience. So with young people, and I'm, when I'm trying to do this and say, no, I, 
here, here's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. I'm massively aware mm-hmm. that they see, that they're watching me. Right, right. All the time. I mean, and it's, it's from, you know, at, at my school, we have to park across the street right. and walk to our school. And there's, we even got a map for like the route we're supposed to take. Like we, I'm not kidding you. We got to like follow the red line because there's a crosswalk. Right. Right. And the crosswalk is at right angles and everybody knows that the hypotenuse is faster. Right. (laughs) Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in the morning when the cars stop, you have this moment of decision of like, man, I can walk this way a little faster. I can go all the way to the crosswalk and push the button. Kids are watching that when you run into, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever ran into your teacher at the grocery store or something oh, yeah, over right. summer. That's right. There's always this moment of like, oh my gosh, it's Mr. Sherry. Right. <laughs> you totally. know, like that first, right. like he actually shops. Right. <laughs> like, whoa. Food does not appear yeah. out of nowhere for Mr. Sherry. And you look in your cart, right. you know, right. you have this click as a teacher, right. you go like, okay. Like, right. Am I okay? Am yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to have anything. <laughs> what that, like, what do like, I have in what here? What the right. heck is right. Mr. Sherry buying? Right. So the idea of being... yeah. Actively engaged yeah. in teaching others is one level. And then also the sort of passive teaching of just how am I living my life? So I'm aware of both, yeah. knowing that if I say something wrong, mm-hmm. that's not good. Right. And if I'm living something that's wrong. contrary yeah. to what I say I believe, that's relaxing the rules. And I've, mm-hmm. I've told kids this, that I, I'll share my testimony with them. Yeah. I will share the struggles that I had to overcome, but not so that they go, well, Mr. Sherry struggled with this. Right. And I think that's kind of what Jesus is getting at is, is giving the people we're teaching an excuse yes. to sort of live this laissez-faire Christianity going, well, mm-hmm. look, it's, it's good enough for that guy. And, and he's, he claims to be a Christian and all that. So as long as I do what he did, I should be okay. Yeah, I think that's really, I think that's a huge point, and I think that's a huge part of this particular passage, is that so often when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, we think of it in aspirational terms. Jesus really isn't serious. Right, he couldn't be. He, don't ever get angry? Yeah. Don't ever, like, cut your right hand off? Cut your, like, is he serious, or is he talking in, like, metaphors? Like, what are we talking about here? And so I think people read this stuff, they think that Jesus is being aspirational, and because Jesus is aspirational, therefore, the bar is really not way up here. It's actually lower than that. And so let's shoot for the lower bar, because that's the more realistic right. view of this. And those right? are least in the kingdom and, of heaven. And, and, so, and so I think Jesus is very clear here, before he dives into sort of the meat of the, the message, so to speak, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's making it very clear. No, no, no. The bar is up here. Mm-hmm. D- don't, don't, don't mistake what I'm about to say for relaxing the bar. The bar is still up here and you can actually achieve this. Yeah. On some this is this is not an, an Jesus is not giving us a goal that we can't achieve. He is saying, here's the bar and you can achieve this and the way that you achieve it of course is through me. Mm-hmm. It's not through your own effort. Yeah. If you try and do your own effort, you're not ever going to get there. You will always fall short, right? That's the point. And again, that goes back to some of the uses of the law. Like, if, again, if we're trying to do this in our own effort, we're going to fall short, which again teaches us of our desperate need for Christ. That's what it should point us back to. It should not point us back to shame, should not point us back to condemnation. It would point us back to our need for Christ. I was talking to a great friend recently who has you know, made some significant mistakes in, in their life and um, things that they deeply, deeply, deeply regret within the last, I would say, six months or so even, right? 
And they were talking about how every time they walk into church, they feel so much shame and guilt hmm. because of what they've done. And the things right. that they've done are very, very serious. I mean, there's no doubt. They have yeah. transgressed the law of God. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. And we've had that conversation, right? But one of the things that I've been encouraging them with is that, okay, so every time you feel that, every time you feel shame, every time you feel guilt, that's when you have to look to the cross. Yep. Because, because that's not what the Lord wants you to feel in this moment. That's not what the Lord wants you to experience in this moment. The Lord wants you to experience the grace of Jesus Christ. So let, let the guilt of your transgression drive you to your Savior. Mm-hmm. Don't let it drive you away from the church or away from your Savior or away from people that love you and care for you deeply. Don't let it do that. Yeah. You know, and so again, just trying to encourage him along the way, help him along the way, so that he stays plugged in. You know, because that is going to be so critical for for him as he as he continues to move forward. Jesus kind of concludes with this final statement. He says, "Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven." I mean, so <laughs> it, it, it kind of feels to me, honestly, like he, you know, he kind of starts off by saying, "Hey." I know what you're, you're listening to me give you these beatitudes, and I know they sound really, really crazy and upside down, all these other things. So before we go any further, let me just sort of like calm your anxiety. Yeah. I'm not here to get rid of the law. Yep. I'm here to fulfill it. And then he says, I know, oh, by the way, not only is the law never going to go away, but if you relax the law, you're going to be least in the kingdom of heaven. But if you teach people to follow the law, you'll be great in the kingdom of, of heaven. So the bar is, is where it has always been. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like he goes... Except that, P.S., <laughs> it's even higher than it's always been, yeah. right? Because your righteousness, which came for a Jewish person as they were faithful to the law of God, right. has to exceed that of the, the professional religious leaders of the day, right? The, the, the guys, and it was all guys, the guys with the theology degrees, the guys mm-hmm. who you know went to all the seminaries and learned at the feet of all the great rabbis and had the whole, they had the law and the prophets all memorized, memorized yeah. right? I mean, because that's how they learned back in those days. It's not like everybody got their own little Bible they could go home with. No, they actually literally had to memorize every single word. They had all of that dialed. Yep. And they were scrupulous. They fought, they, I mean, Pharisees, like, we have a negative view of Pharisees, typically, right? But again, assuming the best about Pharisees, right? They really, really, really wanted to follow the law of God. Mm-hmm. This was their heart. That's why they tithed all the way down to like certain spices. Like, you know, always got to take 10% of my dill, mint, and cumin, you know, and set it aside for, you know, for the Lord or, you know, to the temple or whatever it was that they gave it to. Like, they like were so serious they counted the number of steps they could take on the Sabbath. Like, yeah. so, so scrupulous. And again, it was all an act of faithfulness. It was not an attempt to earn God's favor. That's not how they understood the law back in those days. This was about covenantal faithfulness. Mm-hmm. We're going to be, we are a covenant people. And because we are a covenant people, we live in this particular way. And the Pharisees were li- the living embodiment yeah. of covenantal faithfulness. Right? And Jesus is saying, yeah, so unless... Your righteousness exceeds. Yeah, it doesn't say greater than or equal to. <laughs> right. That of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, which sort of would have immediately had the disciples going, 
whoa, 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 like yeah. time out. Like, you mean no one's getting in? Dang it. Right. Right. Like, what are we doing here? Well, there is a certain understanding of almost perfectionism. Yeah. I mean, because scribes, I mean, if your job is to write verbatim. Verbatim. That which you're copying right. or understood. I mean, if you made a mistake, they would like burn the scroll. It wasn't yeah. just like throw in the trash. It was like, no, we got to like, actually, this was sacred writings. Yeah. It's got to be burned. So. Right. You have to be perfect yes. there. And then Pharisees are, as far as anybody can see outwardly, right. the perfect embodiment exactly. of the law. Right. And Jesus goes, yeah, I love that it's right at the end. Yeah. You know, by the way, but you've got to be better than them. So what these first century people heard is, oh, well, there, there you go. Forget right. it. Right. Forget I'm, it now. We're out. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. Which, how to... Isn't that what people today think? Exactly. Right. You know, they go, oh, I'm just not good enough to be exactly. a Christian. So why even try? I'm out. I've already screwed up enough. Yeah. Yeah. So why even try? Right? Yeah. So he starts with the upside down view of the kingdom, which sort of begins to freak him out a little bit. He calms their fears. I haven't come to get rid of the law. I've come to fulfill it. Yeah. Right? I want you to teach it to others. And oh, by the way, then he kind of like ratchets up their fears again. Yeah. Right? So he kind of gives them a little bit of a reprieve. They take a breath and he kind of ratchets things back up again and says, well, wait a minute, but before you get like too comfortable, your righteousness needs to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And then what he's going to do then, of course, is now now they're ready. Now they're primed for him to say, now let me tell you what it means. When I say your righteousness needs to exceed that of the Pharisees, this is what I mean. You have heard what it was said. Right. Because that's what the Pharisees followed. Uh-huh. You have heard what it was said. They followed Moses to the letter. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to talk about iotas and dots and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like that was their deal. You have heard that it was said. That's what the Pharisees do. This is what I tell you. So this is now the deeper life of the kingdom. This is mm-hmm. the deeper, this is what the law is pointing to, the fundamental realities that the law is pointing to. This is how I want you to live. And if you live this particular way, guess what? Your righteousness will exceed that of the Pharisees because the Pharisees are whitewashed tombs. That's what he'll call them in right. Luke. Right? They clean the outside of the cup, but they never deal with the inside of the cup. Yeah. Right? And so, so he's trying to help them. He's priming the pump for them to understand this sort of inside-out, upside-down way of life. That really makes up the kingdom of God. And of course, that same understanding now flows into our day and age. Even though we're not first century Jews, we're not second temple Jews, we're not sort of trying to live under covenantal faithfulness like they were, those kinds of things. He wants us, though, to live in this same inside-out, upside-down way, right? He wants us to live out the kingdom values of God. He wants us to follow the law of God from the heart, not just as a matter of outward piety, Right, but really from a, pl- a deep place, a deep longing to to love and to please and to serve God. So, as an educator, mm-hmm. Robbie, how in the world do you teach that? Well, I, I'm hoping you'll give me an answer because I, I would I like I would like to do that next yeah. Sunday. You have, have a worksheet. I'll, 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 I'll hand them out. Next Sunday. Yes, multiple choice. Yes, multiple choice. I love it. Yeah, right. Yes. No, I think it's <laughs> this is this is so challenging because. Yeah. The idea, I love again, so Jesus goes, he lays down the seemingly impossible right. notion. Like, by the way, in order to, and I, the word enter there is interesting to me because, again, people see heaven as like a gated community. Right. Oh, you yeah, know? totally, absolutely. Like, something right, like, right. great, I don't right, have the right. code, I got to right. call somebody and right. hopefully they recognize exactly. me. Exactly, maybe the through. guard will let me in and, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I go up to the visitor line. I'm here for Peter's yeah, party. That's right. <laughs> Peter says he doesn't know you. Yeah. Peter <laughs> says he doesn't know you. But the idea of like experience the kingdom of heaven, right. that seems to be, and so it, it really is an invitation. I mean, he goes, 
by the way, your righteousness has to exceed mm. what you understand as perfection. Right. And people, like, I wonder if he just takes a bite of hummus right there, like the pause, you know, right, people right, are going, right. great. You know, they're murmuring, and then right. he goes, he launches into this beautiful sermon of how that's possible. Right. And so for me, teaching young people, it's that, it's the wonderful balance of, kids will say, like we, we said, well, I've screwed up a mm-hmm. bunch. And Might you, be. you don't get to say, <laughs> you don't get to say, you know, that's a, God's cool with that. Yeah. That's the relaxing of the law. Yes, that's right. 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 You, you still need to go, you need to have a heart of saying, you know, that's okay. Think of an old Apple commercial that used to say, you know, we've got an app for that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, God's got forgiveness for that. Right. You need to have that. Yeah. God's got forgiveness for that. But the call is to repent. Yeah. And an invitation into this fulfillment of the life that everybody actually wants that they're trying to achieve through other means. And then he goes on to say, oh, um, yeah, there's going to be people who you see as perfect who say, well, I've never Mm. committed adultery. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is going to redefine adultery and say, it's not about the physical act. It's about what's in the heart. So man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart, which is hearkening back to him recognizing Mm -hmm. David as the, the future king from Samuel there. And so what I try to teach young people is, Yep, you screwed up. Right. For sure. I'm not I'm not gonna say right. not you gonna didn't sugarcoat it, not gonna yep. pretend like it didn't happen. That's and right. there's a thing called scars mm-hmm. that'll be on your heart and right. there will be things that you remember. But the invitation is to this rebirth through this right. gospel and this new you that gets to go, Man, I once was, but now am. That's and right. that's this idea of, mm-hmm. of repentance. So teaching kids that there, there is a shadow cast on their heart from their past, but this invitation into light, into mm-hmm. being salt, into living the life that they somewhere in their soul they want. Right. Say it's it's actually available to you. Here's how Jesus is going to redefine it. He's going to say the law doesn't go away. Here's a greater understanding of the law. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, I'm going to live a life yeah. that's the perfect fulfillment of it right. that someday is going to be yours when heaven melds with earth. Yeah. But until that day, here's your, your best practice of yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, this is available to you. And I mean, I'm dealing with it right mm-hmm. now with students who, I mean, you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. If your parents have not specifically taught this to you, this is a radical idea. And yeah. then, questions start coming. Well, if I, if I choose to do this, mm-hmm. what if my parents don't, does right. that mean they're in hell? Does that mean I'm, right. heaven doesn't sound like a place where I want to be separated? Cool. You know, I'm in the gated community and my parents aren't right. Right. That sounds terrible. Why would a loving God separate yep. families? Yep. That sort of thing. And so it's this gentle, I mean, I think the verb when Jesus is doing the great commission is this progressive, like as you are going, right. preach the gospel. I don't think it's like one time yeah, yeah. Right. leave and go somewhere. So it's, I see my students daily. And it's just a constant, constant, mm. the rhythm kind of goes, hey, God loves you. Mm-hmm. Their response is a, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. And I have to gently go, I understand. He understands. Here's mm. what he says about that. Wow. And God loves you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's this cycle until there's this understanding. And then I tell him, hey, this is the start of something wonderful and it keeps going. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. you're not like, okay, you crossed a line, go back right. to your old way of life. And no, right. this, this invitation, I think that's what this mm-hmm. is, is this invitation into 
this fullness of life that so many young people mm-hmm. think. I just had a kid write an email to me. I'm a, I haven't experienced all that I want to experience yet. And so I don't know that I want to completely give my life to God until I experience the things oh my that gosh, I to experience. Right? I got an email today. Oh my gosh. I mean, but that is not, I mean, that student is simply expressing what so many Christians and so many people in our world believe. Right. They just have the intellectual honesty to like actually express it. And that goes back really as we, as we kind of finish up this first season, that goes back to the whole point of this podcast where we began this whole thing way back in last fall and we started talking about you know, this lie that we believe, this lie that has told us that somehow the way of Jesus is restrictive. Mm. The way of Jesus is somehow, what would be the word I'm looking for? Like it is lesser or, lesser or um, not fulfilling or, um, you know, it's, it's a life of drudgery. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, again, just restrictive is the word that keeps coming to mind. But Jesus says, look, I, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. He didn't say, I have come to restrict life and only dole it out in scarce sort of amounts. Like that, mm-hmm. that's not like, that's not what he said. He right. literally said the opposite of that. I've come that they might have life and have it in abundance. And the key is, do you trust that? Do you believe that? Um, you, you know, you get that email from your student, you know, I'm talking to, you know, someone that I care about dearly in my own family about this. And we're talking about similar dynamic. Like, you know, I mean, I haven't experienced everything. I'm like, really? Like, like, okay, but what have you experienced thus far? Okay, you're right. You haven't experienced all that life might, might, might offer. But what have you experienced thus far, and what has it taught you? Hmm. And they were like, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean. <laughs> like, and I'm just going, just reflecting with them. Like, yeah. these are the things that I've observed in your life. You don't seem to be very happy, and you seem to rely on substances. Mm-hmm. And you seem to be struggling in your relationships. You know, like, I, do I need to keep going on? Like, th- these, are, these are things that are a direct result of the way of life you're choosing to pursue. And you're telling me you just want to do more of that. Right. When, when there's this other way that Jesus is offering to you that is so much greater, so much better, so much more fulfilling, so much more abundant. Yeah. Like, you're going to keep choosing this your way? When it's look at how look at where it's brought you, but I mean it's interesting. The reality is, a lot of people say yes. I know, <laughs> they say yes. And again, so the whole point, I guess, that as we kind of close up this first season of our podcast, is really helping. We want to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life. We believe with all our hearts that the way of Jesus is a better way to 100%. live. We've lived it ourselves. Uh, we know this from personal experience. Yeah. We've, by the way, I mean, I, you know, you and I, we've lived. An alternative life. We've lived on the other side of this you as gotta well. You've got to get a better word than alternative. Right, right yeah. <laughs> We've lived on the other side of this as well. And, and we, have, we have just found that that ends in a cul-de-sac. Right. That just ends in a dead end. It actually doesn't take you anywhere. And so, you know, our heart would be that we could hopefully, on some level, maybe save you, you know, 
the pain of having to experience that yourself. And mm-hmm. that would be our heart. And, you know, we'll take a break over the summer and we'll come back next fall, hopefully, and looking forward to that. And we'll maybe dive back into the Sermon on the Mount or some, some other things as we continue to pursue this way of Jesus, this way of life that Jesus offers us, because we really believe it is the abundant life. And so thanks to Jake, who's been making us sound so good throughout the year. Our brother Billy, who is up uh, in the mountains producing these podcasts week over week. We encourage you to you know, keep listening as we head, you know, head into next season in the fall as we dive deeper into what it means to follow Jesus. And we'd love your comments and reviews, of course, as well as um, just encourage you to subscribe and stay tuned as we release more episode in the months ahead. Look forward to doing that with you all. Take care and God bless.